Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Starting out, our guest in studio is Raman Atri. And Raman is an author, a professional speaker, a coach, talking on speed and speeding up performance in personal and professional and organizational settings. Raman, good morning. Welcome to Weekend Mornings. Thank you so much, Glenn, for having me on your show. Uh, I'm really glad to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. And, and you know, you have done so much, an author of 18 books, and especially on this topic of personal and professional optimization of performance. Tell us about that. What, what does that actually mean in terms of, of what you do and how you do it? Glenn, if you see that uh, today business is actually moving at a much faster rate, and organizations typically would want their employees to be ready in a shorter amount of time. Yeah. Because in today's contest, time is money. So my research and my writing has been focused on how organizations and professionals can accelerate their performance and reach to the desired level of proficiency in a shorter amount of time. But that's a very big topic to say, how do we maximize performance? How do you break it down? The way it is working is that, okay, one part of this uh, equation is the skills and the knowledge people bring onto the table. Right. And the other part of the equation is what kind of systems, feedback, coaching, mentoring, the organization is going to put in place. Mm. So these two things have to go in sync with each other. So once we strike the right balance and the right equation among these different ingredients, that's how we basically accelerate performance in organizations. Yeah. And when you try to work with individuals or with organizations, how long is that process? Or is that, does it just depend on how bad they are at the moment? Yeah. Or, you know, is there a typical sort of time frame that you would hope to see results in, yep. in performance? Yep, yeah. In fact, we kind of did the analysis of about 66 project cases in different organizations. Mm. What we realized is some roles would need about three to six months for somebody to become proficient okay. to deliver for their job. But for some roles, it could be as long as three to five years. Wow. So it depends on the, the settings for the organization and the role that they are expecting from an individual. Yeah. A manager might take about six months, whereas a technical engineer, let's say they're working on complex technology, might take even three years. Do you have an example that comes to top of mind? Maybe not, uh, you know, with uh, you can anonymize it as, as you might want to, but a good example of how this worked in, in actual practice. In actual practice, uh, how it works is that, for example, in today's world, uh, the Samicon uh, is a big market. Mm. Uh, but the Samicon is moving towards such a level of complexity. Now, what happens is there's a cutthroat competition among organizations mm -hmm. there. The big race is about time to market, who can launch their product faster. But now we are talking about a technology nobody has seen before. We're talking mm. about the products nobody knows about that they're going to launch or create. Mm. So now the question comes is which organization is going to become uh, competent in given technology faster? Mm. So there are, you know, there I came across two organizations with a cutthroat competition. Uh, I obviously wouldn't name it right now. Yeah. Um, but we know <laughs> that they have been, you know, kind of trying to overcompete each other. And the way it works is that how they leverage their resources, how they leverage their coaches and managers, that makes the difference in regards to who is going to come up into the market faster. So it, there's a, a lot of EQ involved in this, the sort of personal style, the personal yep. uh, way that people approach these these challenges? Yes, there is. A, a, essentially, the EQ is, a, in fact, a, a, everywhere now. Yeah. It's the most essential ingredient in the, in the performance. Mm. But the key thing uh, is about manager's involvement. 
historically manager has been completely hands off from whatever their employees were doing. It's more task driven. But now they are moving into more coaching culture. Hmm. Managers sit with the employee. They understand that what they're going through. They even participate in the training which employee is going to attend. So manager understand that how I'm going to optimize or leverage employees newly learned skills in order to accelerate his performance. So that's there is a component of EQ, yeah. the way manager acts. Interesting. Um, in conversation with Dr. Raman Atri, who is a speed and performance for personal, professional, and organizations, uh, how to upgrade that that performance skill by people, how to, how to help them learn how to do things better and faster. And you, so you spoke just a moment ago about the, the managers trying to take on more of a co- coaching role. But, but traditionally, this has been a big challenge because a lot of managers aren't coaches. They aren't trained as coaches. They don't actually have that skill set. And of course, if you talk to many rank and file workers, that one of their biggest complaints is often their manager uh, doesn't understand them or take the time to understand what they're doing. So how do you, how do you build in that culture of training and coaching in a level of management that maybe isn't traditionally good at it or know how to do it? Yeah. So one of the research findings I came across is that uh, it's not just, uh, you know, employees are going to need one coach. They're going to need a network of coaches. Mm. The coaches could be your peers uh, if you are an employee, and coaches could be an external. Now, I understand that the challenge is managers typically are not trained to be good coaches. But what we are seeing here is they don't necessarily need to be coaches but they need to take very deep involvement with the employee. Oh. Just asking employee, all right, you went for a training, and what did you learn, and how I'm going to help you with that, what kind of assignment I should give. So that, that keen involvement from the manager itself yeah. makes the difference. He doesn't have to be a coach. When you look at this maximizing performance, are there two or three key things that that we as individuals can do to either think about how we need to maximize it or that we can actually do to maximize our performance. We always hear about time management and making to-do lists and whatever, but what are some practical tips out there that if somebody's thinking, you know what, I, I think I should be a little bit more efficient or optimize my time, what could they actually do starting today? All right. There are a couple of things which uh, you know each professional can do hmm. uh, because speed is important to every profession in every job. Time, now. right? Yes. Uh, time. <laughs> time is not stopping. Uh, anyhow, so uh, number one thing what I tell professional is it's not always about your skills and knowledge you possess. That's pretty much internal to you because hmm. these days, if you see, everyone come with almost equivalent education. Hmm. They have pretty comparable skills. And they got pretty uh, equivalent level of educational background, and they're working in the same set of companies. Right. So now they, that's not the differentiator. Now the differentiator, what becomes is the ecosystem they immerse themselves in. Hmm. And the part of the ecosystem is I tell them, you have to have a network of coaches. And network of coaches doesn't necessarily mean qualified coaches. It could be qualified coaches plus your peers. It could be your manager. There's people who can hold you accountable for mm. what you want to do. Mm. And we have seen that, you know, just like the way we say that stay connected in social media, say stay connected with the rest of the people, it's more about staying connected with your coaches. Yeah. That's the number one thing they can do because feedback does the miracle. Feedback tells you whether you're on the right path or not. Hmm. And it can accelerate your performance as an individual. And it's kind of an accountability thing as well, right? Yes. You need somebody who is uh, holding you accountable for the goals you want to achieve. And uh, also part of this one, we feel that it's not about coaching only. You need mentors. 
for certain areas of uh, skill development, you might need trainers as well. And then we also tell them their coaches could be virtual as well. It doesn't have to be in person. So that's number one tip we give it to professionals. Hmm. Number two, what we tell them is that it's more about social learning now. Hmm. You need to get connected with the people. You need to leverage the different channels you have for social and informal learning. But the problem right now is you are getting bombarded with the content from all over the places. Yeah. You need to be very, very purposeful when you strike this social connectivity and when you go on with this social learning. Right. So that's the second tip we typically give to professionals. Hmm. So once we do the combination of these two, these two basically comes about to be major contributors in performance acceleration. Wow, fantastic. Now, you know, you've faced your own challenges over the course of your life. You, were, what, you contracted polio at a young age, and that has led to some physical challenges that you've had. And, but that has not stopped you. you know, what, like I mentioned before, 20 books, uh, two PhDs, and a whole bunch of other uh, things, uh, an accomplished keynote speaker and coach. When you look at the challenges, because everybody faces some kind of challenge, whether it's a physical challenge or a mental challenge. You are a very positive person and a very uh, driven person to get beyond challenges. How do you help people who seem, who may seem stuck in their own issues, whatever they are, to get beyond those? Yeah. Uh, Glenn, thank you so much for asking that question. I know it's, pretty, it's a great question. Yeah, I got uh, a contractor with polio, which has given me the physical disability. I couldn't walk mm. when I was a kid. And still today, I walk on my crutch. Mm. But through my journey, what I realized is that the physical disability is nothing. Hmm. It's real. I mean, sooner or later, you're going to accept it. And once you accept it, you're going to move forward with that. And then you're going to look for that, okay, how, how I'm going to leverage it now. But what I realize is, particularly in today's context, mental and emotional limitations that basically disable people, that's much more concerning. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, the, the, some of the disabilities could be something like that. you got a mindset yeah. or you got some limiting belief where you start comparing with other people and you feel, I'm not good enough. And constantly you keep giving self-talks to yourself. Mm-hmm. This constant and loop that goes constant on in our loop heads. You keep going Usually on. around 3 o'clock in the morning is when it is the loudest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we're in bed, it's quiet. Yeah. Those and voices uh, in our head start t- saying those bad messages, right? Exactly. And, and, and in fact, you know, we have become so convinced. You know, our self-talks have become so convincing. Mm. We convince ourselves. And, of course, we tell victim story to ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. this is the way I have been. I don't think I can do anything better. Mm. Uh, my peers or the other guys are better than me. So I'm stuck here. This is the way it's going to be. How do we break out of that? So the way I look at it is uh, there are two aspects to any limitation or disability. I mean, for me, the definition of disability is anything that limits your movement. That could be movement in your life mm. toward your purpose or intention. Number one thing is you need to look at is you got a limitation, whether that limitation has really opened up any window for you. There is always a leverage. Hmm. I give my example. I was physically disabled. I was put, I was made to sit. I couldn't move. But then the way I looked at it, wait a second. 
now what I got is plenty of time. <laughs> and nobody is going to come and gel on me, stop sitting. Right, right. <laughs> so I, I leverage uh, that uh, part of my limitation. And uh. that's how I started reading. I started writing and mm. I started looking at different things and started being a little bit more artistic. So the things you just mentioned about books, the po possibly those came out of that kind of disposition I had. I leveraged my limitation into advantages. But that's one part. Hmm. But then there's the other part is that in some cases, your limitation itself can be an advantage. Hmm. And in that case, if it is advantage, then you have to use your limitation as an advantage. You might know that some of the disabled guy out there, they have become excellent uh, motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. So they have basically made their limitation as an advantage. So my um, tip to the people who are stuck in that loop has been look deep and wide. Yeah. You might be able to see certain windows. You don't necessarily have to break your boundaries, but just look for some windows and you through those windows you can see the other side of the world. Yeah. Awesome. Dr. Raman Atri, who is a, a, an author, a speaker, and, and an expert on personal and professional organization performance. Thanks so much for being with us today on Weekend Mornings. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much, Glenn, for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.